0: This is Jason Horsley for the New Books Network. Today I'm talking to the author William Blum about his 2015 release, America's Deadliest Export, Democracy, The Truth About U.S. Foreign Policy and Everything Else, which was released from Zed Books. Specifically, uh, to introduce people to your, I think it's your most recent book, America's Deadliest Export, Democracy, The Truth About U.S. Foreign Policy, and Everything Else. Um, So, if you wouldn't mind just speaking a little bit about the book and what it's about, just to give listeners a general idea of what we'll be discussing.
1: Well, it's—it's for the most part, it's a collection of essays of mine over the past 10-12 years, I was sending out each month a a, a report called the Anti Empire Report, and I did that for twelve years. And uh, each each report had about four or five different essays and it's mostly concerning U.S. foreign policy. And so the book deals mainly with U.S. foreign policy, but it deals with many other subjects as well, and. and I I think uh, the selection is such a it will be very interesting for for the reader cuz it's, it's it's it focuses and it homes in on various things in, in short short essays so it's 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy read.
0: Yeah, I, I would second that. I, I I'm not really very politically well informed, but um I'm familiar with many of the the subject much of the subject matter that you discuss and I I found it very very easy to read very very punchy and persuasive and one of the things that struck me was that although you're not shy about expressing your opinion throughout the book most of it is, is, is simply the facts that you're reporting and then 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 although they're facts that aren't generally well known or reported they are out there. You didn't have to uh, speculate or theorize you're simply reporting the facts about America's foreign policy in a way that I imagine would be quite disturbing to many people not to myself because I've never had any illusions I don't think about America. Uh, One of the things that occurred to me, really in the boldest terms, what you're describing in this book, well, let me make it a question. Do you think it's fair to say that America, with its foreign policy, is the most destructive nation in history?
1: I I would say so, yes. That may shock the average American to hear that, but the the record is uh, indisputable. Uh, We have overthrown more than 50 foreign governments, we have attempted to assassinate more than 50 foreign leaders. We have bombed more than 35 countries, and we have interfered in the elections in dozens of countries. And that's just a sample. Uh, it's, it's an amazing record when it's, when it's summed up.
0: Yeah, well, that's very much my point, that you're just putting it all together between two covers. Right. Um, it's really kind of <laughs> irrefutable. And towards the end of the book, you you mention something which I've also heard elsewhere, which is American people are, uh, are the most propagandized in the world. You used the term indoctrinated.
1: If one is to measure the degree of brainwashing of a particular population, if one is to measure that, uh, that that amount of brainwashing by the gap between what a people believe about their, their country and their government and what their country and their government have actually done, based on that measurement, the American people are, are easily the most brainwashed in the world. Uh, they, they have no, no idea. The majority of Americans have no idea of what I'm talking about when I say these things. It's just been kept from them, not not uh, hidden by the government, but it's it's available. I mean, I couldn't, I didn't have any special secret access to the information, but I just I put it together, and you can see how the American media, the mass media, has just failed to either to report on things or to put things in context. A good media reminds its readers of the background of current events. And it's that background which is not reminded of that uh, leads to the brainwashing of the American people.
0: Right. Well, um, that's actually what I found more disturbing or more upsetting reading the book than actually the information about Americans' foreign policy, which, as I say, wasn't didn't really come as surprises me. But just how much it drove home that Gulf that, that people still maintain this idea of Amer- Americans, at least this idea of America as being a well-intentioned de- democratic force for good in the world. I think less and less. Uh, and well, that's one of the things that you zero in on that. Yeah. Uh, is the, the first illusion that needs to go <laughs> before being able to see, begin to see the truth is this illusion that American leaders and policies are well-intentioned. So right. do you want to talk about that a bit in terms of what, what are they, if not well? What is the intention that is hidden behind these, uh, the, the illusion of, of spreading democracy?
1: Yeah. The basic intention is world domination. That may surprise many people, but it's it shouldn't. It's been going on even dated back to to at least the 1890s when we invaded Mexico and gobbled up about an area of Mexico, which led to about six or seven new American states. Uh, but even before then, well, actually, that was that was in the 1820s. In the 1890s, we had the invasion of uh, the Philippines, and which brought us Cuba and Puerto Rico and, and elsewhere. Uh, that was an, another stepping stone in this record, if you want to follow the push for world domination. But since the, the end of the Second World War, has, has, that has been the main time period. Of American world domination, and that's what my my most of my writing deals with since the Second World War. But I I couldn't deal with all of it; it was just too much. So my my books deal mainly with U.S. foreign policy, beginning in 1945 or '6.
0: There's a lot of writing now that refers to the deep state and even terms like shadow government. And But your, your book doesn't really get into that and doesn't use that term. I mean, you do talk about the CIA and uh, a certain amount of uh, cloak and dagger stuff. But essentially, as I say, you're really just mapping what's out there in the in the mainstream news, but that's being constantly spun. I mean, what do you think about the idea of the deep state and that this is secret machinations?
1: I'm, I'm not as conspiracy-minded as many writers on the left are. I, I mean, I'm not in any way anti-conspiracy. I mean, the world is full of conspiracies. Watergate was a conspiracy. The 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 attempt to hide Watergate was a conspiracy. The Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. Was a conspiracy while, while 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 they were meeting with American officials to talk of peace. Nine, September 11th was a conspiracy on the part of certain or on, on the part of whomever whom did that. So I'm not I'm not in any way anti-conspiracy, but I think many people, many writers on the left, really overdo this idea. They they think everything which happens in U.S. foreign policy is just a cover for something else. They use this expression, false flag, that uh, we and the U.S. government and the media attempt to state that such and such events were carried out by such and such a a country or or such and such a a group of terrorists from from, from the Middle East or what have you. And, And these false flag people that I speak of, they... They insist again and again that it's not what it seems. And I I, I tend to shy away from that. Not, not that I'm opposed in principle. I wish they could prove their case better than they, than they do. Hmm. I, I'm picking, I'm attacked a lot by the left because I don't fully embrace the conspiracies stated behind nine eleven. They they don't don't think that the official version. Uh, is it all true well i, I, I I'm fully aware of all the errors uh, and and the, and the very questionable statements in the official version of the events of 9 eleven I don't think it was an inside job which is what they call it. they mm-hmm. think the us government arranged for those planes to to crash into those buildings just to have the the excuse to continue their world imperialism, but to me that's really overdoing the case. I mean, they didn't have to destroy three buildings and kill thousands of people. They could have achieved their goal with just destroying one building and a thousand people just as one example. I think they really overdo their case. Anyway, they they tap me a lot because I don't accept their, their view fully. Although I'm fully aware of all the errors and the shortcomings of the official government version of what happened on 9/11. Uh, That's mm. sh- a separate question.
0: I think one of the one of the points about the the magnitude of 9/11 was that it needed to be on that scale as a kind of uh, shock and awe, traumatization of the collective that would then uh, create the ensuing emotional reaction, so that people wouldn't be able to think clearly. But but anyway, without without getting drawn into that. Particular and, and precisely for that reason, I think it's such a hot topic that it's it's very difficult for people to talk, kind of in a balanced way about it. Um, and this is one of the things that that I have noticed. Uh, in general in, the, in these areas is that there's a polarisation that serves the interests of the ruling classes, is to keep people polarised who might otherwise be allies. And it's particularly around conspiracy, in, in that there's, there seem to be extremes that they're that able to meet, when in fact the truth maybe is somewhere in between. And there's something that you touch on in your book, which is that you're talking about the media and the way in which the media is... Uh, manipulates the truth and distorts the truth which of course is undeniable and your your book makes a strong case for it but you 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 suggest that there's no real need to speculate conspiracy in the normal sense because the system itself of the media and beyond has been set up in such a way that it's self-regulating
1: and and and, and the public has been so indoctrinated since childhood that yeah. uh, the the government has a very captive audience, even without gross exaggeration or, or, or gross lies. They, they When it comes to foreign policy, at least, they can count upon the support of the American people uh, time and time again.
0: Um, you, you mentioned the false flag thing, and I know you, you mentioned it in a skeptical context, but it, it did uh, remind me of Operation Gladio, which you talk about in your book, and I, I just thought it might be worth zeroing on on that briefly at least, because so many Americans and uh, otherwise people don't are not even aware of Operation Gladio, and it just seems that it's, it's an extremely relevant portion yeah. of history.
1: That, that began in, shortly after the end of World War Two, when NATO was being set up. NATO and the CIA together uh, combined to carry out all kinds of terrorist acts including murders and bombings all over europe just to, to 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 put the onus on on the communists in europe the 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 threat to the west to nato and the us and the uk was the and mainly in france and in italy the communist party in in france and italy were in a, in a very strong position they, they were a definite threat to take power in this country, not with any violence, through elections, and that would have been a very horrible thing for the west because so we 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 were all taught this for decades that communists cannot take power anywhere except through armed force or or deception or, or, or and not, not 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 through elections and In Italy and France, the Communist Party threatened to take power simply through honest elections, and this was unacceptable to Washington and to London and, and Paris, and uh, NATO, the members of NATO staged all kinds of terrorist acts in, in Western Europe, which they knew would be blamed on the communists, and that's what happened. They, they, the communists were blamed. And, it's amazing what they carried out. I can't go into detail, but your, your, your listeners can do a search on Operation Gladio, G L A G I O, which is mm-hmm. a, an Italian for sword. It's an amazing story. Hmm. Have you
0: uh, done much current research into ISIS and the evidence that for being a U.S. proxy army in a similar fashion?
1: Well, it's not quite as clear as as with NATO. I mean... There the, the, the have been many connections between the U.S. and other Western nations and ISIS, but it's, I, it's not quite as simple as with NATO or, or Gladio. We, we have, the U.S. has been more concerned with overthrowing the government of, of Syria than it was with fighting ISIS, and mm-hmm. that has led to all kinds of bad outcomes. Uh, it's mm. still going on. They they, they still we, we still refuse to work with Russia to fight ISIS together uh, in, in, in a total all-out war. I mean, the only way we're going to beat or defeat ISIS is with Russia and the U.S. the two most powerful nations in the world combining their forces and just smashing the, these horrible people, smashing them down once and for all. Uh, and the. US, the US government well, well, this has a very very hard time in joining forces with Russia for any of anything and, and that's we're in a new cold war and that's that's uh, in the nature of, of the Cold War. Uh, it's really a shame. Turkey which was just had this horrible bombing, they have been helping Isis in various ways it's, I, I'm not really sure why they would be attacked by Isis as much as they have been. But Turkey has been buying oil from ISIS for a long time and treating ISIS soldiers in Turkish hospitals. Just just two examples of the way Turkey uh, works with ISIS. And Turkey is a member of NATO. So the role of the West in fighting ISIS the past few years has been very, very mixed and very dishonest. And, And the U.S., just cannot bring itself to join with Russia in a a final all-out campaign against these monsters.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, as I say, I'm not terribly well informed, but the subject of ISIS did come up myself in a heated argument with somebody and I'd said, oh, well, didn't you know it was the US's proxy force? And he was like, what are you talking about? So uh, so I looked into it a bit more and there was um, actually a public admission by a, a US uh, or a, a, a US document that says the Pentagon fores- foresaw the likely rise of the Islamic State as a direct consequence of its strategies. Oh
1: yeah, I mean we're, we're, US foreign policy is responsible with the rise of ISIS, uh, what it did in Iraq, in Afghanistan, in in Libya and in Syria, those four places set the stage for uh, ISIS. Mm-hmm. And the person who who, who appears to, to be will be our next president, her hands are full of blood for those places. She she was a leading cause of the invasion of Libya in 2011. Uh, and she supported the attack against Iraq and against syria uh and she has a lot a lot to explain i i I'm not too pleased at the prospect of her being the next president
0: well, it does seem to be a long term Policies, long-term strategies that can be observable in terms of the results, and even, uh, I mean, and that could easily get mistaken for conspiracy theories, just by mapping the ways in which these things. Uh, well, the
1: U.S. is conspiring to dominate the world, so that, that's the basic conspiracy behind all these things. They, they everything. Uh, uh, if, if you want to dominate the world, you, you do all kinds of things which fall under that heading, and so that's.
0: You can call it all a conspiracy. Yeah, I I thinking in the most general and the widest sense, and you touch, you hint at this in your book, that if if America, the empire, benefits from, as always, the other uh, having a un, uh, a defined but somewhat undefined enemy constantly to pit itself against and uh, you know uh, fortify itself in battle with, then um, it benefits from terrorism, from having a a terrorist threat, and even without directly creating it, as some people theorize, you could certainly uh, see the ways in which it's indirectly created a terrorist threat simply through its foreign policy and uh, rendition and Guantanamo Bay and all the rest of it, creating future generations of extremely angry Muslims and other people who, who are that much more inclined to actually rally their forces and become a genuine threat.
1: Yeah, and, and the U.S. economy is a, a, a war economy. You have all these military uh, corporations, defense corporations, who, who benefit uh, to a large extent from America's wars. And the, 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 these forces, they advocate for war. That's one reason we, we go to war so often. You have this entire military and industrial complex just who, who don't mind war. It's not them or or their sons who are dying in it, and they, they, they we have a war economy and and the, the a war society and a war mentality, and it keeps on going. And this Mrs. Clinton is is a a warrior of the first order. She she likes wars. She she has advocated for many, so it's going to get even worse.
0: One of the things you say in the book is. I'm um, paraphrasing. Is that war is America's religion, and it occurs to me also that the term Americanism is quite unique. There isn't the equivalent for any other nationality, I don't think, like Frenchism or Englishism. <laughs> you know, so so it's like nationalism is is
1: a yeah. It's this desire to dominate the world and to. And have war continuously. That stems, in large measure, from our what we call American exceptionalism.
0: The, right. the, the,
1: the American people really believe that stuff. They they really believe that we are very exceptional, and and that we have a right to, to go to war and and fight for this or that, and that we're on the right side. So it's it's not difficult to. Brainwash the American people when when they start with such a basis of understanding of their of their country and and the world. That, that's what they're taught from childhood on, and uh, they 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 really believe that we are exceptional. Mm.
0: It's this this idea that America somehow is carrying the torch of the highest possible human value right. that just justifies everything else. So it seems as though it's a conscious or unconscious justification for the war engine itself, the the ideological um, apparatus, justification for it, is is, is what fuels the war engine. It actually reminds me of the, I I don't know if you ever watched Star Trek, but you know the way that the Starship Enterprise every week had this code of non-interference was its first imperative or d- d- prime directive was non interference and yet every week it would land on a new planet and and proceed to systematically interfere with that culture because it it, it knew that its own values were were superior to the culture that it invaded oh well, in. you know, i'm
1: not'm I'm not familiar with with that, 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 that program but uh, it sounds very familiar uh, to, now to 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 the u s foreign policy yes
0: yeah. well, You actually mentioned at the beginning how space is the the final frontier of the war machine and how that's...
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, but that was not sci-fi space stuff. That was... Well, I guess... You know, well, we're going to put it that way, yeah. I wasn't thinking of, of Star Trek, but but that it's a fact that we, we aim to dominate uh, space as well as Earth. And that's, that's been stated very clearly in papers put out by the Pentagon...
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not talked about much because, I mean, there's a growing sort of re- um, revival of interest in colonizing space lately, but it's almost never, if ever, talked about in terms of military uh, superiority.
1: Oh, but the, the, the Pentagon talks about it in, the, in those terms. I, I I quote some of them, I think, in my book. That's, they, they're, they're not shy about saying that...
0: Absolutely. But I mean, in terms of the public opinion, the public perception of why we would go into space, it's not generally seen as as yeah. just, uh, you know, uh, extending the, the war machine. Um, you mentioned, you, you, you talked about uh, how things are only going to get worse with, with Hillary Clinton. I imagine, I mean, I totally agree, but I imagine it must be quite hard for yourself, not to mention thousands of other people who grew up in the 60s, and there was a time where it seemed as though the tide might turn, and of course we now know it didn't. Um, and I was struck by a quote from Doug, General Douglas MacArthur, who's not really anyone's idea of a liberal or a progressive voice, but uh, in, in contrast with today, I'll read the quote. He said, uh, Our government has kept us in a perpetual state of fear, kept us in a continuous stampede of patriotic fervor with the cry of grave national emergency. Always there has been some terrible evil at home or some monstrous foreign power that was going to gobble us up if we did not blindly rally behind it by furnishing the exorbitant funds demanded. Yet in retrospect these disasters never seem to have happened, never seem to have been quite real. Well, that was in 1957, and uh, it's pretty damn hard to imagine Rumsfeld or some, anyone equivalent saying anything with yeah. even a whiff of that in today's environment.
1: Yeah, right. Sometimes even people like MacArthur can let something slip out which is not in line with the, with the rest of their statements and, and, and philosophy.
0: So, do do you still tour with your books, or did, did you have a tour, or did you just write them and send them out there?
1: Well, I I, I I have been invited to speak in various places. I don't I don't tour with the book. I talk. I tour as a speaker. Uh, and, and I've spoken in
0: America, uh, elsewhere, or primarily in America.
1: Oh, I've spoken abroad many times in, in Europe. But my 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 days of touring are a bit over. I have had some health problems, so I, I really can't. Be
0: uh, touring. So, what was the most recent uh, tour that you did?
1: Well, not a tour. I mean, I'm, I'm invited to make individual talks.
0: Speaking, yeah, yeah. When
1: I go to one place and then come home.
0: Right. But well,
1: that, that's have many, many,
0: many times. Uh, the, I mean, the reason I'm asking, I'm just curious in terms of the climate that you are greeted by and uh, how how open people are to. To hearing this whether they're becoming more open or less open or
1: I can't I haven't spoken anywhere in, in about a year or two but of course the words who attend tend to talk by me are already uh, on, on my side for the most part although in 19 in 2006 when Osama Bin Laden named me and, and one of my books and I, I became a certain celebrity when I when, that caused a big story and I was on I was on mass media here mm-hmm. then, quite a few times including CNN and and NBC and CBS something which which normally wouldn't happen mm-hmm. but uh, bin Laden made me into an instant celebrity and when I went to speak uh, to speak in person elsewhere I had much bigger crowds than usual and mm-hmm. some host with some hostile questions, uh, but that, would, that was actually fun. I enjoyed mm-hmm.
0: that. You mentioned that in the book, and you also mentioned that, later on, that you had trouble getting speaking gigs because of the Bin Laden connection. Is that true?
1: Because of his invitation, I have been effect banned from the U.S. college campuses, which had been my main source of, of speaking invitations until then.
0: Because you were endorsed by Bin Laden,
1: of course. I can just see what happened there. You know, when some student group invites me to speak, and yeah. and they pass on the invitation to some of the the proper committee on campus, and this committee perhaps they haven't heard of me, and they do they do a Google on my name, and one of the mm. things that comes up is Osama Bin Laden, and that that I that has caused. Quite a few invitations to, to not to, to be withdrawn, so I haven't had uh, I haven't had any college speaking engagements in quite a few years. Uh, can we uh,
0: wind up?
1: close yeah, yeah, I I have I have health problems. I, I can't. I, I get very tired.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Could you just?
1: I uh, want let me mention my website for people. Uh, it's William Bloom. O R G and bloomers b l u m.
0: And is there anything that you're working on now, Bill, that you could just tell us
1: briefly about? No, I'm working on my health. Okay. I'm, I expect to have a a kidney transplant in the near future.
0: Great. Well, b- b- best of luck with that. I hope you go to the right hospital, get the right care, and appreciate you taking the time today.
1: You're very welcome.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a great book. I'm really glad that I read it, and I would recommend it to any people still naive enough to think that America is a force of good in the world.
1: Okay, thank you very much.